Chapter Eight of the Sign of the Four by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight, The Baker Street Irregulars. What now? I asked. Toby has lost his character for infallibility. He acted according to his lights," said Holmes, lifting him down from the barrel and walking him out of the timber yard if you consider how much creosote is carted about london in one day it is no great wonder that our trail should have been crossed it is much used now especially for the seasoning of wood poor toby is not to blame we must get on the main scent again i suppose yes and fortunately we have no distance to go evidently what puzzled the dog at the corner of knight's place was that there were two different trails running in opposite directions we took the wrong one it only remains to follow the other there was no difficulty about this on leading toby to the place where he had committed his fault he cast about in a wide circle and finally dashed off in a fresh direction we must take care that he doesn't now bring us to the place where the creosote barrel came from i observed i had thought of that but you notice that he keeps on the pavement whereas the barrel passed down the roadway no we are on the true scent now it tended down towards the riverside running through belmont place and prince's street at the end of broad street it ran right down to the water's edge where there was a small wooden wharf toby led us to the very edge of this and there stood whining looking out on the dark current beyond we are out of luck said holmes they have taken to a boat here several small punts and skiffs were lying about in the water and on the edge of the wharf we took toby round to each in turn but though he sniffed earnestly he made no sign close to the rude landing stage was a small brick house with a wooden placard slung out through the second window mordecai smith was printed across it in large letters and underneath boats to hire by the hour or day a second inscription above the door informed us that a steam launch was kept a statement which was confirmed by a great pile of coke upon the jetty sherlock holmes looked slowly round and his face assumed an ominous expression this looks bad said he these fellows are sharper than i expected they seem to have covered their tracks there has i fear been preconcerted management here he was approaching the door of the house when it opened and a little curly-headed lad of six came running out followed by a stoutish red-faced woman with a large sponge in her hand you come back and be washed jack she shouted come back young imp for if your father comes home and finds you like that he'll let us hear of it dear little chap said holmes strategically what a rosy-cheeked young rascal now jack is there anything you would like the youth pondered for a moment i'd like a shilling said he nothing you would like better i'd like two shilling better the prodigy answered after some thought here you are then catch a fine child mrs smith lord bless you sir he is that and forward he gets a most too much for me to manage especially when my man is away days at a time away is he said holmes in a disappointed voice 
i am sorry for that for i wanted to speak to mr smith he's been away since yesterday morning sir and truth to tell i'm beginning to feel frightened about him but if it was about a boat sir maybe i could serve as well i wanted to hire the steam launch why bless you sir it is in the steam launch that he's gone that's what puzzles me for i know there ain't more coals in her than would take her to about woolwich and back if he'd been away in the barge i'd have thought nothing for many a time a job has taken him as far as gravesend and then if there was much doing there he might have stayed over but what good is a steam launch without coals he might have bought some at a wharf down the river he might sir but it weren't his way many a time i've heard him call out the prices they charge for a few odd bags besides i don't like that wooden-legged man with his ugly face and outlandish talk what did he want always knocking about here for a wooden-legged man said holmes with bland surprise yes sir a brown monkey-faced chap it's called more than once for my old man it was him that roused him up yesternight and what's more my man knew he was coming for he had steam up in the launch i tell you straight sir i don't feel easy in my mind about it but my dear mrs smith said holmes shrugging his shoulders you are frightening yourself about nothing how could you possibly tell that it was the wooden-legged man who came in the night i don't quite understand how you can be so sure his voice sir i know his voice which is kind of thick and foggy he tapped at the winder about three it would be shower leg matey says he time to turn out guard my old man woke up jim that's me eldest and away they went without so much as a word to me i could hear the wooden leg clacking on the stones and was this wooden-legged man alone couldn't say i'm not sure sir i didn't hear no one else i am sorry mrs smith for i wanted a steam launch and i have heard good reports of the let me see what is her name the aurora sir ah she's not that old green launch with a yellow line very broad in the beam now indeed she's as trim a little thing as any on the river she's been fresh painted black with two red streaks thanks i hope you will hear soon from mr smith i am going down the river and if i should see anything of the aurora i shall let him know that you are uneasy a black funnel you say no sir uh, black with a white band ah of course it was the sides which were black good morning mrs smith there is a boatman here with a wherry watson we shall take it and cross the river the main thing with people of that sort said holmes as we sat in the sheets of the wherry is never to let them think that their information can be of the slightest importance to you if you do they will instantly shut up like an oyster if you listen to them under protest as it were you are very likely to get what you want our course now seems pretty clear said i what would you do then i would engage a launch and go down the river on the track of the aurora my dear fellow it would be a colossal task she may have touched at any wharf on either side of the stream between here and greenwich below the bridge there is a perfect labyrinth of landing places for miles it would take you days and days to exhaust them if you set about it alone 
employ the police then no i shall probably call athelney jones in at the last moment he is not a bad fellow and i should not like to do anything which would injure him professionally but i have a fancy for working it out myself now that we have gone so far could we advertise then asking for information from warfingers worse and worse our men would know that the chase was hot at their heels and they would be off out of the country as it is they are likely enough to leave but as long as they think they are perfectly safe they will be in no hurry jones's energy will be of use to us there for his view of the case is sure to push itself into the daily press and the runaways will think that everyone is off on the wrong scent what are we to do then i asked as we landed near millbank penitentiary take this hansom drive home have some breakfast and get an hour's sleep it is quite on the cards that we may be afoot to-night again stop at a telegraph office cabby we will keep toby for he may be of use to us yet we pulled up at the great peter street post office and holmes dispatched his wire whom do you think that is to he asked as we resumed our journey i'm sure i don't know you remember the baker street division of the detective police force whom i employed in the jefferson hope case well said i laughing this is just the case where they might be invaluable if they fail i have other resources but i shall try them first that wire was to my dirty little lieutenant wiggins and i expect that he and his gang will be with us before we've finished our breakfast it was between eight and nine o'clock now and i was conscious of a strong reaction after the successive excitements of the night i was limp and weary befogged in mind and fatigued in body i had not the professional enthusiasm which carried my companion on nor could i look at the matter as a mere abstract intellectual problem as far as the death of bartholomew sholto went i had heard little good of him and could feel no intense antipathy to his murderers the treasure however was a different matter that or part of it belonged rightfully to miss morstan while there was a chance of recovering it i was ready to devote my life to the one object true if i found it it would probably put her forever beyond my reach yet it would be a petty and selfish love which would be influenced by such a thought as that if holmes could work to find the criminals i had a tenfold stronger reason to urge me on to find the treasure a bath at baker street and a complete change freshened me up wonderfully when i came down to our room i found the breakfast laid and holmes pouring out the coffee here it is said he laughing and pointing to an open newspaper the energetic jones and the ubiquitous reporter have fixed it up between them but you've had enough of the case better have your ham and eggs first i took the paper from him and read the short notice which was headed mysterious business at upper norwood about twelve o'clock last night said the standard mr bartholomew sholto of pondicherry lodge upper norwood was found dead in his room under circumstances which point to foul play as far as we can learn no actual traces of violence were found upon mr sholto's person but a valuable collection of indian gems which the deceased gentleman had inherited from his father has been carried off the discovery was first made by mr sherlock holmes and dr watson who had called at the house with mr thaddeus sholto brother of the deceased by a singular piece of good fortune 
Mr. Athelney Jones, the well-known member of the detective police force, happened to be at the Norwood police station, and was on the ground within half an hour of the first alarm. His trained and experienced faculties were at once directed towards the detection of the criminals, with the gratifying result that the brother, Thaddeus Sholto, has already been arrested, together with the housekeeper Mrs. Burnstone, an Indian butler named Lal Rao, and a porter or gatekeeper named McMurdo. It is quite certain that the thief or thieves were well acquainted with the house, for Mr. Jones's well-known technical knowledge and his powers of minute observation have enabled him to prove conclusively that the miscreants could not have entered by the door or by the window, but must have made their way across the roof of the building and so through a trap-door into a room which communicated with that in which the body was found. This fact, which has been very clearly made out, proves conclusively that it was no mere haphazard burglary. The prompt and energetic action of the officers of the law shows the great advantage of the presence on such occasions of a single vigorous and masterful mind. We cannot but think that it supplies an argument to those who would wish to see our detectives more decentralized and so brought into closer and more effective touch with the cases which it is their duty to investigate. "'Isn't it gorgeous?' said Holmes, grinning over his coffee-cup. "'What do you think of it?' "'I think that we have had a close shave ourselves of being arrested for the crime.' "'So do I. I wouldn't answer for our safety now, if you should happen to have another of his attacks of energy.' At this moment there was a loud ring at the bell, and I could hear Mrs. Hudson, our landlady, raising her voice in a wail of expostulation and dismay. "'By heavens, Holmes,' I said, half rising, "'I believe that they are really after us.' "'No, it's not quite so bad as that. It is the unofficial force, the Baker Street Irregulars.' As he spoke, there came a swift pattering of naked feet upon the stairs, a clatter of high voices, and in rushed a dozen dirty and ragged little street Arabs. There was some show of discipline among them, despite their tumultuous entry, for they instantly drew up in line and stood facing us with expectant faces. One of their number, taller and older than the others, stood forward with an air of lounging superiority, which was very funny in such a disreputable little scarecrow. "'Got your message, sir,' said he, "'and brought them on sharp. Three bob and a tanner for tickets.' "'Here you are,' said Holmes, producing some silver. In future they can report to you, Wiggins, and you to me. I cannot have the house invaded in this way. However, it is just as well that you should all hear the instructions. I want to find the whereabouts of a steam launch called the Aurora. Owner, Mordecai Smith, black with two red streaks, funnel black with a white band. She is down the river somewhere. I want one boy to be at Mordecai Smith's landing stage opposite Millbank to say if the boat comes back. You must divide it out among yourselves, and do both banks thoroughly. Let me know the moment you have news. Is that all clear?' "'Yes, Governor,' said Wiggins. "'The old scale of pay, and a guinea to the boy who finds the boat. Here's a day in advance. Now off you go.' He handed them a shilling each, and away they buzzed down the stairs, and I saw them a moment later streaming down the street." "'If the launch is above water, they will find her,' said Holmes. 
as he rose from the table and lit his pipe they can go everywhere see everything over here everyone i expect to hear before evening that they have spotted her in the meanwhile we can do nothing but await results we cannot pick up the broken trail until we find either the aurora or mr mordecai smith toby could eat these scraps i dare say are you going to bed holmes no i am not tired i have a curious constitution i never remember feeling tired by work though idleness exhausts me completely i'm going to smoke and to think over this queer business to which my fair client has introduced us if ever man had an easy task this of ours ought to be wooden-legged men are not so common but the other man must i shouldn't think be absolutely unique that other man again i have no wish to make a mystery of him to you anyway but you must have formed your own opinion now do consider the data diminutive footmarks toes never fettered by boots naked feet stone-headed wooden mace great agility small poisoned darts what do you make of all this a savage i exclaimed perhaps one of those indians who were the associates of jonathan small hardly that said he when first i saw signs of strange weapons i was inclined to think so but the remarkable character of the footmarks caused me to reconsider my views some of the inhabitants of the indian peninsula are small men but none could have left such marks as that the hindu proper has long and thin feet the sandal-wearing mohammedan has the great toe well separated from the others because the thong is commonly passed between these little darts too could only be shot in one way they are from a blowpipe now then where are we to find our savage south american i hazarded he stretched his hand up and took down a bulky volume from the shelf this is the first volume of a gazetteer which is now being published it may be looked upon as the very latest authority what have we here andaman islands situated 340 miles to the north of sumatra in the bay of bengal hum hum what's all this moist climate coral reefs sharks port blair convict barracks rutland island cottonwoods ah here we are the aborigines of the andaman islands may perhaps claim the distinction of being the smallest race upon this earth though some anthropologists prefer the bushmen of africa the digger indians of america and the terra del fuegans the average height is rather below four feet although many full-grown adults may be found who are very much smaller than this they are a fierce morose and intractable people though capable of forming most devoted friendships when their confidence has once been gained mark that watson now then listen to this they are naturally hideous having large misshapen heads small fierce eyes and distorted features their feet and hands however are remarkably small so intractable and fierce are they that all the efforts of the british official have failed to win them over in any degree they have always been a terror to shipwrecked crews braining the survivors with their stone-headed clubs or shooting them with their poisoned arrows 
these massacres are invariably concluded by a cannibal feast nice amiable people watson if this fellow had been left to his own unaided devices this affair might have taken an even more ghastly turn i fancy that even as it is jonathan small would give a good deal not to have employed him but how came he to have such singular a companion ah that is more than i can tell since however we had already determined that small had come from the andamans it is not so very wonderful that this islander should be with him no doubt we shall know all about it in time look here watson you look regularly done lie down there on the sofa and see if i can put you to sleep he took up his violin from the corner and as i stretched myself out he began to play some low dreamy melodious air his own no doubt for he had a remarkable gift for improvisation i have a vague remembrance of his gaunt limbs his earnest face and the rise and fall of his bow then i seemed to be floated peacefully away upon a soft sea of sound until i found myself in dreamland with the sweet face of mary morstan looking down upon me end of chapter eight